Welcome back, y'all, to episode 106 of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. The intention of this podcast is to master the short-form podcast, providing information as well as informing within a 15 to 20-minute time frame, sometimes shorter, sometimes longer, depending on the content. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. Man, wow. Um, a lot to cover today. I mean, there's a lot going on. It was a big day in currently sports. just seems like in sports, everything's going on with the World Cup on top of it. Um, and, you know, kind of what I want to get in today, kind of starting off, is uh, Google Daily Trends. So let's go ahead and get it. Okay, so as we kind of get in the trends today, I want to focus on what's being popularized. So obviously one of the first things that's number one is the Mexico versus Poland um, soccer game that took place. Ended up being nil-nil, had a PK, but it was stopped, a pretty riveting game. Number two is Mexico. Number three is Cristiano Ronaldo. Number three is France versus Argentina, which was a really interesting game. I'm pretty sure France winning that four to one. You have Aaron Judge, who was a baseball player. You have Poland. And at number seven, you have student loans. The issues of student loans are currently being tied up in the Supreme Court. So as a result of it, Joe Biden has extended student loan forgiveness until 2023. The next is there. Fortunately, there was a helicopter crash in Charlton, North Carolina. Number nine is the Brewer, and number ten is the Utah Jazz. Um, so those are your top ten Google searches for the day. Also, getting into one of the largest upsets ever happening in World Cup history. Saudi Arabia versus Argentina. Saudi Arabia would score the final goal winning 2-1 against Argentina in the 52nd minute. As well as play a recap of the game. Messi's ready. To the middle. Alois punching it away. This is Abu Hamid. We'll see if it's on Paredes. On the whistle, Messi with the strike, and an easy goal, Argentina's up. Ball played over the top, flag stays down, keeper retreating, a chance here, second goal, Argentina. Ball was played up the middle. Saudi Arabia for their first good luck and they've tied it! Al You see Romero trying to get back into a good position, but the shot actually goes up. Abdul Hamid to the right. Cross is denied, but given right back. Shot goal is blocked. It was headed for goal. Touchdown. Look out here. Shot taken. Goal! Oh my! 
So coming out and just kind of going over some of the facts about this game. First of all, Saudi Arabia, congratulations to them beating Argentina. Um, you know, I just can't even put really into words what this upset means kind of through an American perspective. I mean, the equivalent of this upset would be like if Eastern Kentucky or a D3 school beat Alabama. I mean, you're looking at Argentina, which is was projected to potentially be one of the winners of the World Cup, losing in the first round to Saudi Arabia. Um, and losing in a way that's like, you know, Argentina got a PK kick from Messi. You know, they couldn't, you know, if I look at the game, I mean, the stats on this game, like a statistical anomaly, right? So Saudi Arabia only had three shots on goal. Two of them went in. I mean... Like, I've seen games where, like, people have, like, 14, 15, 16, even more shots on goal to get two goals against Argentina. So having only three shots on goal and two of them going in is, I can't even put that in perspective. That'd be like being blindfolded, spun around in a dark room and hitting a target twice out of three shots and being spun around each time. And if you're looking at the statistical anomaly of this game, I mean, looking at the data... It is just crazy. So, first of all, if you look at time of possession of the ball, Argentina had it for 69% of the game. Saudi Arabia only had it for 31%. Saying before, shots on goal. In comparison, you have Saudi Arabia with only three. You have Argentina with 15. All right? 15 shots on goal. Right. Then for fouls, you have seven fouls on Argentina, 21 on Saudi Arabia. Yellow cards. You have six yellow cards for Saudi Arabia. Okay. Argentina got called with 10 offsides. Saudi Arabia only one. And I almost want to think if um, the World Cup is using this new implementation of 3D offsides, surrendering offsides, um, Offsides capability. So essentially, what it is is it's a technology that is used for AI recognition for determining when somebody is offsides, and it moves lightning quick. It moves so quick that it immediately, if the footage is being seen, it'll be seen, ran through the software, and before anybody even in the control room sees it, the referee will get a ding on their monitor, and they can determine it was offsides. So. It's almost like I wonder if that those are offsides are calling more at a higher anomaly because of the data. Maybe Argentina is a little bit quicker or what, but 10 offsides is a lot of calls. Um, and even one of the goals was taken back. So next you have corner kicks. You have Argentina with nine, Saudi Arabia with two. But what really created the, the, the stat on Saudi Arabia's side was five saves. I mean, you had multiple saves, you had multiple people coming into the goal and saving it. So, I mean, the stats on this game, I mean, if you look at it, you're like, Argentina dominated the game, but, um, you know, at the end, they didn't come up with it. And to put some other stuff in perspective, I mean, Argentina, I think, is ranked 51st in the world in terms of, of teams, um, which, you know, if you look at, I don't know how many soccer teams there are, but... That's a, you know, that's really low. But 
kind of getting into it, I mean, doing a little bit of a little bit of background research. So, you know, the the number one sport in Saudi Arabia is soccer. You have it being a really big part of the history, um, and you have a lot of the the majority of famous athletes coming out of Saudi Arabia end up playing soccer, which is a little bit interesting for the Middle East. You know, some countries play different sports or different things in like in comparison you know like i said before qatar is super into falconry and um you know they really don't play a lot of sports they're more into they're more like into different aspects of it but if we kind of look at um argentina's record or world cup appearances they've appeared in 17 world cups um they've been in you know six finals and they've won two World Cups, um, and one I think one was in. Let me think about it. Wait a minute. No, they've won. I mean, it's been about thirty-five years since a World Cup win. They beat um, West Germany in nineteen eighty-six, and they also won in nineteen seventy-eight. I think actually in a beating. The Netherlands. So they have two under their belt. Like I was saying, they were considered to be the winners, and they lost. And they lost that game. If you look at the data and the stats of that game, it makes no sense. It's almost like if you were playing FIFA with like your little brother, and you're just dominating the game, and there's nothing you can do to get a goal. So I think that's some of the biggest news coming out of um, the World Cup at the moment. It's really going to be interesting because it also ties in the fact that Mexico played Poland today, like I was saying. I think I said that. It ended up being a nil-nil game. The goalkeeper saved it. It was quite a save, probably the biggest save of the World Cup thus far for Mexico. And what's going to happen now is the two teams will play different brackets and the I think what's going to happen is Argentina, yeah, Argentina will play Mexico Saturday at one p.m. and Poland will end up playing um, Saudi Arabia, and that should be an interesting game. But because it was nil nil, like Argentina still has a chance to come back. But statistically, once you lose the first game, it's like impossible. I mean, it's like, like statistically, it's probably the same as. Um, Saudi Arabia beating Argentina, but even I was looking at some of the data analytics of like of the percentages of like what is the percentage chance of Saudi Arabia being Argentina, and I looked at this website that said if they played thirty six times, okay, listen, to this, if they played thirty six times, Saudi Arabia would win eight point seven percent of the time. Okay, I mean that's really like, I mean everything stacked against them, they won. Good for them. I'm really surprised. They won looking at kind of different aspects of Saudi Arabia football, obviously compared to Argentina. I mean, we're looking at, you know, they had Messi, who's considered, you know, one of the best players of all time. Um, But, you know, I think Argentina's only been in the World Cup a handful of times, potentially six times. So two hands to be exact, you know, and, you know, each time, you know, they, 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 you know, 2018, you know, they played three teams. Russia beat them 5-0. to zero. Um, You know, that was a pretty big loss. In 2006, they also played three teams, losing to Spain. So, 
I think you can honestly say for a um, Middle Eastern team, you know, Saudi Arabia is strong. I mean, going back even to 2002, which none of those people are still on the team. They lost to Germany 8-0. So, you know, it's it's a big win for them. I think it's a really big win for the country. Probably one of the biggest sports wins in history. So, kind of take that. Um, transition to other news. What else we got? Um, I think another super interesting story, and this is kind of the nerd in me potentially, is the fact that Saudi Arabia has also created the first mobile stadium. And it's really interesting how they did it. And meaning you can set it up and tear it down wherever. And it's the first one ever in history. Normally they build these huge concrete stadiums and they stay there for decades upon decades upon decades. But this stadium is actually super unique because it was designed with shipping containers. There's over 967 shipping containers laid out in creating this kind of new age design. And after the World Cup, they can completely take it down, reship it, no pun intended, and put it whatever they need to do it. And the thing about this stadium is it's, it is really unique, and it was created by um, Fenwick Irbani Architecture, which was completed in Qatar. It's formerly known as Rash Abu Ban. I'm butchering that. My apologies. And it's a 40,000-seat arena, I mean, which is pretty remarkable. Um, it comes from... Spain, so the designer is Spanish and different consulting, but the structure of it is completely made out of steel and reusable, reusable um, shipping containers. And I think it's just so cool that it, it what it does, you know, because it, it helps really to cut down on waste. And it's like, why don't, you know, it's kind of cool. We should live in an era where you do have these modular stadiums that you can build on a whim and transport them, you know, and it's like people are using shipping containers in such creative ways. And I think this is probably one of the most creative ones I've ever seen because also price point, like I'm really curious, like I'm going to actually do some quick math. Hold on one second. I mean, from a price point, I'd have to go a little bit deeper and I'm just closing out is, you know, shipping containers cost about $3,000 a pop. If you have about 987, that's $2 million right there. So that's all I have for the show today. Just wanted to leave you on that. I will talk to you tomorrow. So y'all have a good one.